When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. Um, still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. T- distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. Can have it. You, you no no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline and deadline. Are you even listening to me right now? Archery season has sadly come and gone, but your shooting does not have to stop there thanks to Williams Archery's indoor range. They offer hands-on shooting lessons and they run indoor shooting leagues throughout the off-season. Now is also a great time to go get the repairs done that you've been putting off all season. You can also check out their new bow lines of Hoyt, PSE, Elite, Bear, Parker, and more. The new bows are awesome. Tell them you heard about Williams Archery on the Whitetail Distraction Podcast when you give them a call at 724 727-9660. Welcome to episode 19 of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. My name's Austin and joining me in my basement for now until it gets warm outside, Charles Hedlund. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. It's warm. I like it. Yeah. Better than uh, freezing my butt off. It's so cold outside. Yeah. I walked in. I didn't wear a coat here and you have the door locked every time I come in. I ring the doorbell and somehow you didn't hear the doorbell even though your dog barked at me. I was listening to a podcast. I had earphones in. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, is this guy ever going to answer the doors? He just want me to freeze to death out here. And then I thought how grateful I am we're not recording outside in this. Because that, that sucked. Yeah. It had been a little crowded in there anyway, because, you know, the rack jack is now the meat shed, you know. That's a good thing. Got some deer hanging in there, man. Yeah, what'd been a little you do? crowded. What'd you do? What'd you do? I didn't do anything. Yeah, you did. I ran them all over with a van. <laughs> <laughs> you finally got some meat in your freezer. Finally got some meat in the freezer, man. It took rifle season to get it done, but, you know. Better late than never. Better late than never. I'm happy with it. Yep. Yeah. You and McCoy both, you were on the edge. You were yeah. going into a rifle season with no meat in your freezer. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, bam. Yeah. It just happened, man. You know, one week got one, next week got one. I'm, I'm feeling good. It's yeah. what it is. <laughs> I was excited I got you and Mike out at the same time, even though he decided to go shoot three deer in the morning. Yeah. 
at one time on one push. That was a hell of a day, man. Yeah, filled up all three doe tags in one push. And then we brought him out to a different area. And you and him both got one. Yeah. So I was pumped. I was pumped too. Almost had two. I don't Almost know what had two. There. Yeah, you know what? I don't even want to talk about it. I'm going for guide of the year over here and you can't make a shot on a standing still deer. Yeah. All right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it was really far away. It I'm was just, far. I'm just messing with them. It was but, a poke. Uh, we got a good episode here today though. I'm kind of excited for. Yeah. Uh, through some mutual friends, we got in contact with MNP Outdoors. And uh, Casey Pistorius, is that correct? Mm-hmm. And he's here in the studio with us, coming from Plain Grove. Not too far of a drive for you? Nah, probably about 25 minutes. Oh, that's not bad yeah, at all. Yeah, that's not bad at all. I was thinking at least a half an hour. That's cool, man. So uh, 25 minutes, half hour is pretty close to each other, man. <laughs> I, I know. I was thinking minimum half an hour. I wasn't thinking anything less than that. Yeah, it's all good. Because right. I've done some work up in Plain Grove. Yeah. It's a nice area up there. Very nice area. Oh, yeah. We're talking Real before nice. this. It's you get to do some of the things that we don't get to do, like shooting guns out your back door. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, why don't we uh, go ahead into the introduction part of it? Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody that doesn't know about you, like maybe what you do right now and um, where you're from. All right. Uh, well, like Charles said, there I'm from Plain Grove, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, well, I work as a maintenance supervisor full-time during the week and have a daughter that's highly involved in the sports. So when I'm not hunting, that takes up definitely a lot of my time. Yeah. Any any other time, I'm in the woods, you know, scouting, hunting, you know, just like that's pretty much all I'm really doing. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> you know, how you get it done, work, man. Yeah, working, hunting, and sports, you know, I with like a it. daughter, so. I didn't know you had a daughter. How old is she? Yeah, she's 11. Nice, nice. She's uh, she loves the hunt too. Uh, I I mean I would say she loves the waterfowl hunting more yeah. than deer hunting, but I definitely you know she got her first buck last year an eleven point. She killed her first deer with a crossbow at seven. That's awesome. So and then she started <laughs> nice. with all the softball and yeah. travel ball and all yeah. that stuff. So she wasn't able to archery hunt anymore, and got back into the rifle hunting when she was a little bit bigger, able to handle a gun. And last year she shot her first buck. That's and I, awesome. I promised her I'd mount it if it was nice, her first buck. And of course it was. <laughs> so it's, it's on the basement wall. But. Oh man, that's awesome. That's super cool, man. It, it's really nice because we, we talk about a lot on here about getting the youth involved and getting more people involved in the outdoors. And uh, it's, it's kind of a dying thing anymore with our generation and the generations, you know, after ours that hunting just isn't what it used to be, you know, to people. And it's, it's really good that you're, you know, especially with a daughter, a lot of people, you know, they would think, you know, it's a daughter, maybe she's not going to be interested or involved. I'm not going to even try, but it's really cool to get not only your kid, but also a female's perspective into hunting because that's not something you see all too often. You know, we've had a female on the podcast in the past and I think their perspective is totally different and it's actually really unique to hunting. And I think it helps the industry. Because people see a female and they're like, what do you mean? You like to hunt? You like to do all that stuff? And then I think it helps them a lot. It helps us a lot. Well, thanks, buddy. That was a lot louder. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm stuffed up, so I'm not screaming today. Yeah. Usually I'm screaming. I got to keep the mic away from me. It's all good. <laughs> so how long then, you, you started MNP Outdoors. How long has that been going on? Uh, I started that July 2017, so, so just a little fresh. over a year. I mean, it was, it was definitely a rough start, uh, with the filming. I started it for a hobby for myself. Just, 
for years I've been saying I need to get cameras because even if you don't have a harvest, you know, just the things that you experience in the woods, mm-hmm. you know, seeing the bears in archery season, seeing really good bucks, you know, you want to get home, tell people about it. So I finally broke down, bought all the camera stuff through Campbell Cameras there the summer of 2017. And I was doing all self-filming my first year, which was rough. Yeah. The first night I was out filming, I missed a really good buck because I shoot a single pin sight. Me too. And I had it adjusted to 35 yards. The deer was about 20, and my mind was racing to get everything on camera. Mm-hmm. I never adjusted the pin for the oh, yardage. Yeah. So um, that was definitely a heartbreaker. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's been going good. It's it's growing a lot faster than I thought it would, especially with social media and stuff yeah. these days. But no, it's that's definitely awesome, starting man. to take off. Heck yeah, man. No, it looks like you guys got a pretty decent following. I've seen some of your videos. It's Yeah, I was watching some videos. the other day. I can dig it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I was thinking about it just from our perspective. I was going to tell this guy here, I'm like, man, we're not going in the woods next year without cameras. Because I think it just, it sounds fun. Yeah. But I'm sure you know from your end, like, man, it's more of a pain in the ass than you think. Yeah, it's it's aggravating. Even with a camera guy, I mean, it is, as you guys probably seen, the buck that I killed here in PA mm-hmm. this year in archery season, you know, we were set up in a tree that, you know, we thought was perfect. And, of course, the deer do everything opposite right. of oh, yeah. what you think they're going to do. And uh, that deer came in behind us downwind, the buck that I shot. And TJ wasn't able to get turned around. He He offered to be pretty much my full-time camera guy this year. He couldn't get turned around all the way for the shot, and he actually had to camera off because we were. This buck knew something was up because the wind was swirling a little bit, and uh, so of course, as you've seen, you know, I drew on the buck. He had to camera off, yeah, and you know, we didn't get that shot. So it's definitely aggravating. I mean, it's just. I mean, you throw a camera and a even a camera guy in a tree with you. It's it's a whole different ball game, especially in PA. Oh yeah, you know the the. the hunting pressure and stuff and then now you got two guys in the tree mm-hmm. camera guys trying to move around you you're trying to get drawn i mean it's <laughs> it, it's it i mean it's fun yeah. but it's it's aggravating at the same time oh man i can only imagine that was kind of one thing that i wanted to talk to you about did you guys have like a conversation with each other like if you're not on him am i gonna shoot you know we've, we've had that conversation talking a couple of times like you don't want to have the opportunity of a lifetime at a great buck and not shoot it because you don't have it on film. Mm-hmm. So that's always been kind of like a dilemma to me, whether self-filming or filming with a cameraman. I mean, have you ever had like that kind of revelation? I mean, you you shot a deer this year on film, but it was kind of, uh, yeah. you, know, you, know, <laughs> you know where I'm getting at? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's a hobby for me. And, and, and the main thing is, you know, getting, especially in PA, a good buck down, so... Yeah, we talked about, um, you know, not shooting, not on film, but when the adrenaline's going and everything, you know, I heard TJ in the background. I could hear the camera because we have um, the very Zoom remote, and it, uh, it'll it go to standby. Yeah. And like I said, the deer was taking so long, he was nervous. He didn't want to kind of come right in, so uh, he turned the camera off. Well, I drew the bow, and I knew... I heard him saying, you know, no, 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 I don't have them. You know, the camera's not on. I heard it click on, but I had one shot opportunity before he walked away. And, uh, you know, I sent it. You you know, it, it was disappointing <laughs> that we didn't have it on camera, but, yeah. you know, it's, it, you know, it worked out. I'd have done the same thing, honestly, man. I'd have let <laughs> yeah. It me personally watching it, I, I respected the fact that you still took the shot even off film because we, like he said, we've talked about it and I know that's one thing. We've always said we're hunters first. We're out here to kill a deer 
before we are filming deer. You know, we're not out here filming. Filming doesn't get you meat in the freezer. So, and it's hard enough as it is to kill a good buck in PA. Yeah. I mean, yeah, most of our listeners know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I carried a camera with me all year this year, and I never even took it out of my bag, just because I didn't want it to affect my opportunity at a deer. So, you know, I carried a camera a couple times, and the one time that I absolutely needed it, I didn't have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I think you're you're double hang with anthony and we talked about on the last episode would have been beautiful yeah that would have been perfect because he was a shooter you were you know you could have filmed some of it then you shot and you he could have filmed it yeah i mean that would have been really neat plus you guys saw a bunch of deer oh we saw a ton of deer that night yeah it was good and you were both doe hunting yeah so i mean right i don't know it was good man yeah that's pretty neat though next year it's happening next year i think we need to get i might be calling it. you up for some advice man <laughs> hey, sure. that's all right i'll help as much as i can yeah. you know i'm no expert at it like i said and that's that's you know we're still learning that's what turkey season you know thought we had that in the bag and turkey season was a complete struggle trying to get a turkey on film yeah our turkeys aren't easy either <laughs> no not <laughs> that's at the all thing. not at all nothing's easy to hunt around here because everything's so pressured yeah yeah you know man it's tough i i almost did it we went out uh my buddy anthony and i went out thanksgiving morning and we went out fall turkey and i had my camera on me then i felt i was gonna film him shoot a bird we get on a whole flock of them well now we want to double up so guess what first thing that goes down to the ground is the camera (laughs) you know and it sits back behind me 10 feet while we crawl up and double up on two big toms so it it is what it is. I mean, I don't know. I want to get into it just because, again, I don't want it to affect us, but I think it's going to be cool to get some kind of video out there for everybody to see, maybe more of a visual what we're doing, you know. But I also like your intro. How'd you guys come up with that? Um, I mean, I just wanted to, I mean, I just kind of threw stuff together, honestly. Yeah. Um, I had my buddy, he has a drone. He's part of the crew too, Richie, but he's kind of behind the scenes. He's a little bit older. He don't want to, you know, be on the camera. He's worried about getting busted by deer. You know, he's kind of the trophy hunter, you okay. know. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he doesn't want to be on camera, but so I talked him into bringing the drone out and, you know, just, he did all the drone footage for us and threw in some ideas and I just recapped some of the clips that we had from last year and uh threw it together just so that way every time i put an episode up you know people kind of related to who we were seeing the same thing all the time but um i I bought a drone for myself too and it lasted about three days i'm no (laughs) drone expert it's still sitting in pieces in 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 the hunting room so um, i'll leave the drone footage up to him i guess i still need to get that thing fixed oh man (laughs) so that, that sounds stinks. like something that would happen to me, man. I'd get yeah. it and it'd be broken in two hours or something like that. That's crazy. They seem like fun until you actually try to use them. I do like the, tough. the cool, like, you have, like, when the truck pulling and stuff like that, the cool yeah. pans and stuff like that from the drone. I like that. That's, I think it's really neat. Yeah, he's he's definitely a lot better with the drone driving than me. I think, I, <laughs> like I said, probably three days yeah. I had it. I bought a good one, you know, to, for the show and stuff. And uh, whenever you're driving the drone away from you, all the controls are you know, the way you would think they would be. But when the drone's coming at you, they're uh, backwards. Things, yeah. And I was pretty close to some trees, and I meant to move, you know, to the left. It went right right into the trees about 70 feet in the air, and it's it's still in pieces. Nice. <laughs> so. Now, do you guys film just, like, pretty much everything, or do you, you know, do you talk about what you're going to film as far as trying to put those clips together and make an actual video come together? Like the walking in and everything else, the, the recovery. Uh, the beaver I mean, we just kind of, um, yeah, we pretty much try to film as much as we can. So that way, you know, you do have enough to put together 
for a video. And prime example for that, like my dough video that I just released, I think last week there. You know, I got off work late. We went over there. TJ filmed some, you know, walking in. Mm -hmm. We got in there. Deer were already in where we wanted to hunt. So we didn't film any of the, you know, getting up in the tree, doing all that stuff. Shot a quick interview. And here come five doe. Shot one of those and the recovery. So, I mean, it, it, I definitely like it better to have the B-roll because it yeah. kind of tells the story and puts everything together. But, uh, I, I mean, I don't, we don't really, you know, we just try to capture everything. Well, there's no like set, you know, we got to film this, we got to film mm-hmm. that. We yeah. just kind of try to capture everything, you know, birds, just anything that you see doing anything. Yeah. You know, we just try to capture it, you know, to tell the story and, you know, make a video. So right. you have something to put together because I mean, obviously everyone watches YouTube. They want to see the shot and that's yeah. pretty much it, what you got. But, it's kind of nice to have everything and then roll into it and whatnot. So no, I can dig that. So you said that you killed a doe this year and you killed a buck this year and the buck wasn't necessarily on film, but you want to go into that a little bit? Tell me about your season. Yeah. I mean, we pretty much, the buck that I killed, um, it, it I knew that it was in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the area that we were hunting, um, I had early season pictures of it in velvet still and typical PA shooter buck oh, yeah. disappeared as soon as it lost velvet. So I moved one of my cameras. There was uh, probably about a 40-acre cornfield right outside of the um, logged area where I was hunting. And I moved the camera in. I actually put three cameras along that cornfield to see. And we were getting pictures of them at night coming in and out of the cornfield. So we, uh, you know, we played our cards right. We stayed out of there as much as we could. And the farmer cut the cornfield. So I knew. So I moved my cameras back again. And the week prior, TJ actually was in there and shot a doe, which was one of the episodes. And when I went in there with TJ that day, I made a uh, mock scrape and moved all my cameras back. And, And that's just one of the things... I, I love making scrapes. I mean, that's mid-October, something big that I do. But it don't work on, like, every property. There's three farms that I hunt religiously, mm-hmm. and one gets a lot of archery pressure, and the other two don't. So mock scrapes work pretty decent. Yeah. So we um, snuck in there, pulled the trail camera cards that night that I shot that buck after the cornfield was all cut and everything. And uh, lo and behold, that scrape that I made, he was hitting it a couple times a day. That's awesome. Um, so, and we were sitting in there, and uh, I had a pretty good feeling. I mean, you pulled the card. He was there at uh, 11 o'clock that morning when we <laughs> were in there, and he was usually hitting at about 6.40 at night. Yeah. And and pretty regularly the last couple of days. It was a week apart whenever I made the mock scrape and reset the cameras back. So, I mean, I just had a really good feeling. I even told TJ, you know, I, I think we're going to at least see him. Yeah. So, sitting there in the stand... You know, today, sitting on the phone, messing around. <laughs> I look to my left, because it, it's not even prime time yet, you know. It's about 6 o'clock, and I look over to my left, and I could see just the hindquarters of a deer standing behind some of the brush piles that they had pushed. I told TJ, you know, hey, there's a deer over there and whatnot, and uh, I, it seemed like forever. And he finally lifted his head, and he turned to the right, and I could see the one G2 on his uh, one side's like, I think it's 12 and a half inches long. Oh, it's yeah, like, it, it makes him look so lopsided because yeah. the one G2 is just crazy long. So I told him, I said, there he is. So, I mean, I think there was 45 minutes almost a film of that buck in between. You know, he knew, like I said, they're, they're right to the right of us where that stand is. There's a hillside and the wind kept bouncing off it and swollen back to us. 
And like he, an Eddie. Yeah, he yeah. kept getting, you know, he knew something was up. And he was actually coming to us. Uh, there were some does that came out of um, the brush piles beside us. So he started working towards us. You know, like I said, TJ shut the camera off, whatever. And he kept licking his nose. And I mm-hmm. knew that, you know, he wasn't coming any closer. He turned to start walking away. Like I said, it, it wasn't on camera or whatnot, but I had the, it was 42 yards. Cause yeah. I, especially anywhere I hunt, I like to range a lot when I first get in a stand, landmarks and stuff. I do the same and, thing, and Remember. So I knew he was at 40. I put the, uh, my single pin at 40 and, you know, smoked him. So yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's definitely a bummer. Even thinking about it now, it's a bummer that we didn't get it fully on camera. Cause yeah. that was our, you know, first good buck down on the ground when we had the camera equipment. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think the success with that one was um, playing the cards right. You know, he was in there, like, he was in there a lot in uh, the summertime in Velvet. I knew he was sticking to the area. It was his core area. And as soon as he lost Velvet, he disappeared. And that's when I made the change to move the cameras to figure out where he was at. And just from the years, I mean, I've been hunting that area since I've been 12. And any time they have corn standing, that's where they all are. That's water. where they're going. Yep. So yeah. they pretty much lined that one side coming into the um, logged area with cameras. And sure enough, that's, you know, that's where he was staying. So I knew as soon as they cut that corn, it was definitely time to make a move and get in there. And it, it definitely paid off. So Yeah, you knew when you lined that with it, he was going to show up on one camera if he was in there. Yeah. yeah. It, it's tough when they get in that corn, man. It's the ultimate cover for them. And, and they're just hard to kill. I know property we have, same thing. Until they cut that corn, it's oh, yeah. really tough. I mean, they just bed in the corn. And then once they cut it, they all kind of move down into the wood line. And then, then you have an opportunity. Oh, yeah. To try to kill them out in the middle of a cornfield, an archery with hundreds of acres, a wide open field. Not well, they don't have any do. reason to get up in daylight either. No. I mean, they, they can just sit and eat while they're there, you know. I watched one come right out of it this year. He was bedded right in there. I never knew he was there. He was probably only 50, 60 yards away. Last light, and I just hear a corn moving and up coming. A smaller buck, not a big buck, but here he comes. Just walked right out of the corn and fed on the corn and worked into the middle of the field. Yeah. That was it. It's like you're never going to kill that deer. No. Not until unless you try to. Them down, man. Yeah. Until you, unless you try to stalk them on the ground. Good luck with a bow. I know last year when we were out there, it was probably, his corn didn't come out until late. Mm-hmm. And we were out there in the morning and he started combining corn and he was chasing that. <laughs> That one oh, buck, yeah. buck through the corn with the combine, it was cracking me up, man. I just couldn't stand times. watching it. <laughs> he chased uh, a Lord landowner. He chased a deer last year. We were out hunting in the morning. He knew we were there, and there was a pretty good buck up in the top of his field, but it was a half rack. And he ended up getting on the, the combine or the truck or something, ended up chasing it down to us. <laughs> <laughs> It was pretty funny. It was pretty cool. He's yeah. just he's just such a good guy though. That's that's kind of the stuff he ends up doing for us. It it goes above and beyond and I appreciate it. I still have to bring out my meat to him. Yeah. It's been in my freezer. Yeah, packaged. he's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed you mentioned you said you do a lot of scrapes. Yeah. So are you putting scents in the scrape? Are you doing fresh dirt? Are you putting you know, just you in the scrape or No, I mean I have and, and that's uh one thing, you know, people talk about, you know, you know, peeing out of the tree stands, all that stuff. I mean, there, there's been times that I've had really good bucks on camera in the daylight on scrapes that I've just, you know, peed in myself. Yep. This specific scrape, and the last couple of years, um, I've been using the Black Widow lures. Okay. They've been seeming to do really well. And, and the thing about, just like anybody else having a full-time job, they show up at the wrong time when you're not there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, that's usually what happens to me year after year. And I, I've noticed, I actually every year will write down in a, like a book that I keep as far as temperatures. I do the um, same thing, man. How I many keep like deer a I've journal. seen? Yeah, yeah. How many deer I've seen? What the pressures were? The wind? Everything. So, uh, whenever I have a scrape out, when I, I'll mark when I put a scrape out certain areas and whatnot. Cause like I said, you know, some farms, it just depends on pressure. I'll make scrapes and the good bucks will still show up at night because you got five other guys in there and, you know, are they smoking cigarettes in their tree stands? Are they washing their clothes? Are they, you know, watching the wind, whatnot? So, yep. you know, I'll mark in there and usually about the 13th, 14th of October, I'll start looking for scrapes or put one out along a, you know, a dough bedding area just to see what I get, get cameras over it. Yeah, I've had really good success with the uh, Black Widow lures, and like I said, I if if I wasn't working full time and did hunting full time, I definitely could have capitalized on some really good bucks that showed up at you know one at thirty in the afternoon while I'm sitting at work, and I go and pull <laughs> mm-hmm. the trail camera, and you know they were they were there, oh yeah, and whatnot. But I definitely, I, I mean, I don't have no real preference on the sense. I definitely. You know, dominant buck, and as long as it's fresh, I mean, a lot of stuff you go to Walmart and buy and whatnot. And I, I, I chose chose the Black Widow lures just because you can only get them at like Dunham's. They're not like mass produced through Walmart and just kind of like everywhere you go. There's yeah. only a select few box stores that carry them. So I figured I'd try something different, and it definitely, uh, it's it's definitely proven itself. You know, that's the first deer that I've killed off it was that buck this year but like i said I, if i would be in the woods i could have killed other really yeah. good bucks oh that yeah worked the scrape no that's awesome man you know i've i've tried doing scrapes a few times and you know i've got some bucks on them most of the time they're not daylight it's not all nocturnal stuff but i've used lures a few times but i never really had a whole lot of luck with them and now if i make a mock scrape i just tend to pee in it mm-hmm. myself and that, and that's what i've done for the past couple of years and you know i noticed this year more than anything, I saw so much scraping activity this yeah. year. That and rubs galore. I mean, typical years, especially towards the end of October, mid-October, like you were saying, man, they start popping up. And this year, I just it blew me away. It was like every property I went to was tore up from the floor yeah. up, man. Yeah. It was just nuts. I don't know. I've seen some pretty good activity this year as far as sign goes, too, as well, I would say. Um, a lot with where the oaks are. Where the the acorns are dropping, the does are spending a lot of time. That's where I'd see most of the activity, I would say. That was a big factor this year, too, man. There was two of the properties that I hunt. The one in particular, man, it was literally a carpet of white oaks this year. It's crazy. Absolutely incredible. And last year was nothing. It was red oaks like crazy, but this year, white oaks. And Mm -hmm. I've heard from a lot of guys from across the state that white oaks weren't, they were good, but they weren't like phenomenal. We had a phenomenal crop on this place. It just blew my mind. And it was weird. Some properties you got a ton of acorns. Yep. Other properties you'd have some, but not like that. And out to your property, man, that that one spot just unbelievable. Let me put it this way: I was out there last week. There's still so many acorns. They were tearing through this. The whole hillside yeah. was dug up. They were still getting after those white oaks. I couldn't believe it. It's crazy. I mean, white oaks are definitely king. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, uh, if there's white oaks, I mean, I definitely early season archery hunt. Big time. Where the white oaks are. And I've seen some really good bucks, you know, the early part of archery season, and they're sucking them up. Oh, yeah. You know, like a Hoover vacuum. So, I mean, the, the one farm that I hunt has a lot of white oak 
usually, but this year it wasn't, you know, it wasn't real productive. See, that's what I'm hearing from most guys. Like, yeah. yeah. It was like hit or miss per property. Super hit or miss this year. weird. Because I know a part of uh, public land that we hunt too, same thing, it got crushed with acorns. I mean, there was literally just acorns piled everywhere. We went out there in rifle season, then same thing, they're still eating on them. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, there's just a ton, but then I go to a lot of other properties where I know there's good white oaks and the crop wasn't the same. It was kind of weird. Yeah. Plus, I, up like up our camp, a lot of the acorns fell early and they were still green. Those deer crushed them. There's no acorns to be found by almost by mid archery season. They were all gone. Yeah. Like they sucked them all up. They were coming in all summer long and eating them when they were falling. They fell early. I don't know what that was all about. It was weird. I've never seen it like that before. Like they were still really green and small. And then they were all falling, and you're just destroying them. Yeah, I don't they know. love them. <laughs> they, they do love them, man. <laughs> so unfortunately, you can't hunt them in you know August, September when they were falling. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? It would be nice. Yeah. Now you mentioned about your journal, and I had a question that came up. Um, have you seen a trend yet since you started keeping the journal and buck activity in certain properties, certain times of the year? Historical data, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, definitely. I mean, um, back when I was just starting to archery hunt. You know, I wouldn't see a good buck till late November. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. If if I was lucky. So since I've been keeping, you know, track of everything, the past two years, the first week of archery, I've had, you know, a chance at shooters. And actually, last year was the one that I had missed whenever I was trying to self-film. And then this year, I had a uh, junior hunter with me. Figured, you know, what the heck, first night, you mm-hmm. know, of archery, get him out, get his first deer with a bow. And uh, we were planning on just shooting a doe. Same thing, shooter buck. I filmed it, probably about 140-inch, nine-point came out right beside us, but we were too focused on the does. Came out. It was actually a really good first night this year. The temperatures were low, and the pressure was pretty high. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, he showed himself. He unfortunately couldn't get a shot, but um, got some good footage of it. But I I definitely say that it it has helped me pick spots because, um, you know, like I said, I'll write down each day what the pressures are and how many deer I see, kind of what they're doing, if they're feeding, if they're chasing, you know, if they're just cruising through, if it's just a transition area, um, whatnot. So I I definitely think it's definitely helped put me on, you know, some of the, you know, I would say experience too coming with it. It it definitely has helped... uh, narrow it down mm-hmm. you know to kind of choose different locations whether i'm hunting close to bedding areas or food sources or right. whatnot you know per night you know yeah. which night and stuff so i'd say it's it's helped yeah it seems to that totally makes sense um now are you using it just from like what you're seeing out when you're hunting or are you using also from what you're gathering on your trail cameras um usually just whenever i'm in the stand okay um you know because I, I mean, I keep, I fi- try to file everything as best as I can with trail cameras and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I usually, mainly, most of my log is just, you know, from in the stand, where I'm at. I'll even mark down in there, you know, if I move a stand, things like that time of year. And, right. and that really has um, paid off, too, because you you can see the time change when they kind of transition from the feeding pattern until they start, you know, 
staying in the woods more when the pressure mm-hmm. starts coming on stuff like that so, yeah I, I mean i definitely if if, if people aren't keeping a, a log I, I definitely recommend it you know a hunting journal and like i said i try to write down you know the, the pressures the the temperature the wind direction people don't realize that but um you know even on wind directions different nights i see different box on different wind direction nights and stuff i mean oh, yeah. it's just big time man i i pay attention to wind direction more than anything because there's certain stands it might be a predominant north wind on that stand most of the time and if you go in on that wind and i got a stand for that location and it's you might see certain bucks but if you get like that first south wind you might see totally different deer activity yeah. and it just blows your mind man that's why i love writing that stuff down and like it's cool hearing you say the same thing like you're doing that and i've been doing that for a while now and it's really i've been able to tell over the past few years like historical data like this stand on this date if it's this wind typically pretty good and i don't know i found it pretty pretty useful yeah it's definitely it's definitely a game changer especially anybody that's new into hunting and trying to learn teach themselves and whatnot i i, I definitely recommend it yeah I yeah mean, big time even Shortens if you're experienced yeah, yeah even if you're experienced it I mean, I'm always up in the air what stand to go to all day at work. You know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to decide where to go and oh, stuff. Yeah. And it, it definitely definitely helps make the decision easier. Yeah, big time, big time. Well, you mentioned that you went on an out-of-state trip yeah. this year. Where'd you go? I uh, went to northwest Missouri. Northwest Missouri. What made you decide to go there? You know, it's just uh, I've always wanted to go on a Midwest hunt. I, we were actually planning to go to Kansas. Oh, dude, Kansas is awesome. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, is what happened was me and my buddy Micah, we were planning on going to Kansas anyway. Um, he's usually the guy that I travel with. They actually have their own uh, show, too, that Toth Outdoor Productions. They film and stuff there. Just getting started, too. But we were going to go to Kansas, and whenever we went to do the drawing, you actually have to pay in full for oh, yeah. Kansas. Yes. Yep. And w- we didn't know that. So we thought, uh shit you know well we didn't set the money aside for that yeah after christmas and whatnot because it's at the beginning of the year so i was just doing some research and i seen missouri was over the counter 225 bucks i said heck let's go to missouri so we were just planning on going out and hunting public land in missouri and just seeing if we could get it done i was actually looking on craigslist the one day at work and yeah i mean craigslist horror stories you know oh yeah and uh so i'm looking at work and i see a land lease for Missouri, advertising for hunts. And I actually had to go to a meeting at work, so I told Mike, I said, call this guy up. And you know, I kind of didn't really want to talk to him either. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I don't know what I'm getting myself <laughs> into. I figured I'd set him up for it. Hey, you could come stay at my place. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Micah called, and uh, he texted me back, and he said, hey, I think you found a, a gold mine, you know, really with this guy. And I said, I thought he was joking, you know, mm. being sarcastic. And oh, he yeah. said, no, really? He said, you know, this guy's got property in Kansas, Missouri, Iowa, Illinois, the whole nine yards. It's actually uh, Twisted Oak Hunts, which they have, you know, social media and all that stuff too. Oh, yeah. So we did a ton of research. We reached out to guys that had hunted with him before and whatnot. And, you know, they said, you know, he was the real deal and stuff like that. So Because, awesome. I mean, you know, finding somebody on Craigslist and talking <laughs> over the fence. You never know. Big difference. <laughs> So we we opted out to, uh, instead of hunting publicly and the better our chances of shooting a good buck, you know, we decided to book with Bill to Twisted Oak Hunts, and uh, it paid off. I mean, there was three of us that went out in a group, and two out of three of us shot bucks. Awesome. Micah's younger brother, Isaac, he shot a, um, which the genetics are insane out there. Really? 
because he showed 143 inch. Uh, it was 11 point, and it was a two and a half year old deer. Wow. Oh man! And then uh, the buck that I shot, it was um, the last evening. We were out there for a six day hunt. You know, we were seeing uh, Isaac shot a good shooter at the one place, and we were seeing a lot of shooters, but it just wasn't working out for us. So Bill, and that's one nice thing about him too, because most places you go to an outfitter, you're on the property, you're there. You get a buck, you don't get a buck. Yeah. You know, they don't care. They got their money. It right. is what it is, yeah. So last day, Bill moved moved me and Micah both because we didn't have a buck. And I ended up shooting that buck that night on the new farm he put us on. And uh, we both seen good buck that night too. And it started snowing about one thirty, And I honestly was thinking, you know, I'm going home empty-handed, but it was still a great experience. Yeah. You know, my mm-hmm. first out-of-state whitetail hunt. And the snow was just coming down. I I could hear grunting coming up because they're just like little draws out there. It's totally different from hunting in PA. You yeah. Know, you hunt the edges and the draws. So I could hear grunts coming up the draw. I seen this doe coming, flying up through, and my heart was racing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm expecting to see this giant, you know. <laughs> and here comes this little four point, you know. It just totally, totally kills it. But uh, so I'm sitting there, and it's just snowing away. That buck chases that doe off and uh, just sitting there and thinking about, you know, really, you know, it's a bummer I didn't get to kill a deer and, but it was a, you know, good experience. And uh, I happened to turn around, look to my right and right down the soybean field edge, about 25 yards behind me was the buck that I shot. You know, he had a broken G3 on the right side. So he probably would have been about 130 inch deer. He, I mean, I knew he's a mature buck. Oh, so, yeah. so I, uh, definitely chose to take the shot and actually I, I mean i was freaking out there was like 20 minutes left of shooting light and i have one of the squat archery releases that folds back oh, and yeah. i bought that specific for like self-filming because my old release would hit the uh camera arm yeah you, you know and i'd get busted so i'm not even filming down there because i didn't have a camera guy so i just said heck with it i took all the film equipment but i said heck with it i'm just gonna hunt you know, so I, I got you. that release flip back because I had my hands in my pocket because it's snowing. So he already passed through my shooting lane to my right side. It snuck right behind me, you know, with the snow. You can't hear him. So he turned to my left, and I'm ready. I got the bow in my hand, pin set, and I go to clip my release on, and I'm freaking out because I have just a small shoot lane before he goes into all this Maldathorn Rose to the, to the right of me. <laughs> and I'm going to clip for my release. There's no release, and I'm like freaking out watching this deer. I hurry up, reach down, flip my release up, go to clip it on again while I have the trigger closed. So I'm watching this deer just like pretty much walk away with 20 minutes of light left on my last night. So finally, I get it on the string, draw back, and, you know, the pressure out there is just crazy. I mean, if you bleeded a deer around here to stop it, they look dead at you in the tree. I bleeded, stomped that buck. He just, he stomped and he continued to look straight forward. He never even knew what hit him. You know, good double lung shot, passed through. And uh, he went about 40 yards. And it was weird because I, he was quartered away just a, a little bit. My arrow passed through. I had a Luminoc, everything on it, snow in a soybean field. I could not find my arrow <laughs> anywhere. So I don't know if it hit the ground and skipped down into the woods and it might have been or whatnot but um yeah i mean it's definitely uh if if, if you have the money and time to go out there to mi- the midwest i mean it's a whole another ball game out there oh I yeah i mean it's you know the average deer that we've seen were you know shooters especially coming from pa 
And I, and I had in my mind the whole time out there, because my biggest buck from PA here is uh, 137 inches. So I said I was going to shoot 140 or better out there. Oh, yeah. You know, like like we said already, we're hunters. Did and, last you know, day. Last day, you 20 minutes You got a tag burning left. a hole in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I, you know, it's it's not like I shot, you know, a, a two-and-a-half-year-old 130-inch deer out there because Bill, he does manage. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's 130-inch minimum, and he wants, you know, mature deer shot. But I knew, and like he said, he he was definitely happy for me and happy that I took the deer, especially oh, yeah. my last day because, um, you know, Five years old, it should have been a 170-inch deer out there. So, I mean, it, it was definitely a win-win for both of us, and, you know, it was awesome. And we're going back out next year. Nice. We're already booked nice. up. That's and, awesome. Uh, I already called dibs on some of the farms that I, <laughs> I know are pretty good producers. The guys were already there. So, yeah, I mean, all in all, it was definitely a great experience. You know, even if I was self-filming out there, it wouldn't uh, it would have never happened. I would either not got it on film at all. Or um, I would have missed the opportunity at the buck. Oh yeah, so yeah, that happens, man. I saw pictures of that buck. It was a really good buck. You yeah, could tell nice he was buck. old. He had that blocky head. And he was he had a twenty twenty two inch neck, and he weighed two hundred and six pounds filled dress. Oh yeah, wow. that's a tank, so, man. I mean, it Horse. was definitely I I that buck that I shot here in PA. I think it was a hundred and. 81 pounds filled dress, and that's a big deer. That's a big deer. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I shot that one out there, and I got up to it, and I was just like, oh, my God, this thing is like, you know, it was huge. What do I even do with this beer? <laughs> and then I forgot my knife, so thank oh, goodness yeah. that me and Bill, we only had to drag it probably about, he came and helped me, but we only had to drag it probably about 100 yards to the road. Yeah. It was a workout. I can only it was, imagine, Even with man. the snow, it was just, it was it was crazy. But, I mean, yeah, like I said, if if anybody has the time and the money i mean the midwest it's definitely where it's at and even guys out there you know there's no archery hunting whatsoever really a lot of them guys don't you know they're big into bird hunting out there they thought they thought we were absolutely nuts coming out there to hunt deer from pennsylvania (laughs) so (laughs) it's crazy that you say that because i've gone out to north dakota a bunch of times bird hunting and man i've seen some absolute slammer bucks out there yeah and you talk to guys and like, yeah, they might hunt rifle season a little bit, but most of them are farmers. They don't have a whole hell of a lot of time to hunt. And I can only imagine some of the deer you can get on out there. And the tags aren't that bad, but drive out to North Dakota, it, it's, a, it's a hike. Yeah. It's definitely a hike. But we saw some slammers, man. And it, everybody bird hunts out there. That's pretty much what it is, you know? Yeah. It's tough. I looked into a couple of those same states, Missouri. problem with Missouri was uh, you went early enough, but the time frame we like to go, their gun season comes in. Mm-hmm. You got to buy another license yeah. too. That's what's so. weird about out there, because we were we were archery hunting out there. So you buy your first two hundred twenty five dollar license because you can shoot two bucks out there. Oh, sweet! So you buy your first license, and it runs till mid November, which was the last day we were there. And then that Saturday, that first license is no longer good. And you buy another rifle. It's a rifle license and archery. So we met one guy out there that has just monsters mm-hmm. all through his. Uh, he's a uh, real estate agent, and he has monsters just everywhere. And that's how. <laughs> I mean, he's got property, and he gets I, a yeah, shoot two a year. I can and imagine he, the property he can get on by he, being a real estate agent. I mean, he does, and it's and you know you see him, and you never expect this guy to be an archery hunter. You know what I mean? And then you go in there, and it's like. Oh my God. Giants. <laughs> just giants everywhere. But he gets to shoot two a year and, uh, you know, he definitely manages well on the properties he owns and it definitely shows. But yeah, it's, it's, 
It's, I mean, you got to experience it for yourself if, yeah. if, you know, being out there. So, dude, like season's almost over and I'm like jacked up again. Like I want it to be archery season again. <laughs> it's killing me. That's the hard part. It is. We got Ohio. I do want to go over to Ohio. We're going to do more some late in. season in Ohio. It'll be good. I do want to get over there uh, before I start my new job. So I get the time on my hand. Oh, I didn't tell you about that. <sighs> we'll talk about it after. <laughs> <laughs> I got a month. Oh, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll get it so, done. It'll be good. <clears throat> we got some time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking rabbit hunting probably tomorrow. I don't know. I got this cold going right now, but oh, I, yeah. I want to get I want to get Daisy out and see what she's made of. Yeah, that's your dog. Be good. Let's see what she got. Absolutely. So you're deer hunter. You're a turkey hunter. What else do you hunt, PA? You bear hunter. You waterfowl hunter. You porcupine hunter. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do pretty much everything. Uh, bear hunt. Yeah. Waterfowl hunt. I mean, everyone always asks me what my favorite is. I mean, it's just you know, since I've been little and able to hunt. I mean, my passion's been whitetail. Yeah. But um, I've I've grown to really love the waterfowl hunting. And two years ago, I went and. Picked up a dog in uh, Kentucky, drove 11 and a half hours to get this dog, <laughs> and uh, she she's a lab, but, you know, she does pretty good, and I just, with work and all the other hunting and stuff, I don't have the time to put into her, but it, she does she does pretty well. I mean, yeah, I do it all. It drives my family nuts, <laughs> because most of my family, I mean, I grew up around hunting, you know, just like most people around this area did, you know, cousins, uncles, my uncle always took me hunting when I was younger and whatnot. You know, they all pretty much just deer hunt, some of them turkey hunt. And then you got me, like, holidays, like Thanksgiving this year. I'm out goose hunting, oh, you yeah. know, and stuff. I mean, <laughs> I'm out hunting and whatnot, but uh, it, it's hard to say. I mean, waterfowl's definitely been a big passion of mine here lately, but nothing's going to top the whitetail. And I love spring turkey hunting, too. Yeah. I just love I have it. I a blast. So, I mean, there's uh, no uh, end in sight, really. I mean, <laughs> I just... I pretty much hunt everything that's in season here in MPA, but definitely the whitetail and uh, waterfowl take up a lot of my time. Oh, man, I can imagine. And it's kind of nice being in PA. I mean, for Almost. a good majority of the year, we have yeah, something in season, season to for hunt. Something. You know, that's always cool. And, you know, my wife is very gracious. She lets me hunt a, quite a bit, you know, but it always seems like she's asking me, like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, oh, it's last day of archery. <laughs> What are you doing this weekend? Oh, it's last day of rifle season. <laughs> what are you doing this weekend? Oh, it's last day of like late season. <laughs> you know? And the next thing you know, it's oh, it's last day of turkey season. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. You the know, question always, is always used like, what season is it now? What are you hunting always now? Always in season, man. I love uh, that. You know, it's small game. It's it's this. It's that. <laughs> but I think what makes you said about spring gobbler. I think what makes that so special is like it's one season that has its own season to itself. Yeah. That's true. You know, yeah. there's nothing else coming in or out, intermingling. It's like, boom. And it's the first time of the year that gets you into the woods. And man, I love spring gobbler. I do Something too. about Minus just the poison ivy. Oh, I get poison dude. ivy so bad. It's not even funny. I actually, for two years, didn't spring gobbler hunt because I would get it so bad. Oh, man. And I was like, you know what? These turkeys aren't even worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, so for two years, I quit. But. I have poison ivy from like March through November. Just yeah. continuous. It, it's nonstop. It doesn't matter what I do. You get into it in like southern Ohio, man. Everywhere you go in the area where we hunt is literally nothing but poison ivy. It's everywhere. The the way it grows up trees and just consumes everything out there, it's unreal. 
there's there's no there's no like getting away from it. I was climbing trees that I knew other people had hunted just because they had already done the work and cut all the poison ivy off it. I was like, I don't care. Who cares? A running buck <laughs> might still walk by. <laughs> I'm yeah. not getting poison ivy again. Yeah, it's the worst, especially in hunting season, especially like spring turkey. You got your, oh, you know, man. your flannel on and you're, you're oh, just yeah. sweating and it's so itchy. And then, <laughs> you know, I work, it's, and then I work in a mill during the day and it's hot. I mean, I just hate poison ivy. And like I said, for two years there, I said, it's not even worth it. <laughs> All my buddies were turkey hunting and stuff. And I said, nope. I'll stay right at home. Oh, man. So. I've learned how to identify it pretty well and avoid it as much as possible. But, man, sometimes it's it's hard. You know, you get on a bird and you have to last minute jump into a pile. Yeah. Yeah, guess what's in that pile? Yeah. Bunch of poison <laughs> ivy. And you're looking down and you're like, ah, oh, shit. I'm going to have to clean everything, wash everything when I get home and then not touch anything. You it's know, that pain, blows man. my mind because... I don't, I'm not bragging by any means. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't it. get it. I don't, I don't get lucky. poison ivy. I oh. am very lucky. And most of my friends, like him and Biagio and Anthony, they can look at it and they get it. So it's bad. You know, your brother even this year was sending me Snapchats and stuff. And he was, <laughs> he's like, oh, I guess I'm getting poison ivy today. This is the only tree I can climb. And it was literally, the tree was made of poison ivy is what it looked like. And, yeah. you know, I would have just went home. Yeah. That, <laughs> that was dumb. I wouldn't have done that. But oh. then he, the next time he went out, he got a brain and, and cut it all down. So yeah, at least it, it would die off and then not have to do that again. But <laughs> it, it is. I mean, some of the perfect trees, you just look at them, you're like, oh, two vines of poison ivy up. I mean, is this worth it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I can take that. The though. dumb stuff we do. Yeah. yeah. It's a hobby and it's a passion. I don't know. I like it. Uh, it's a bit more of a hobby, I would yeah. think, the the hunting. You know, like I'm you said, about filming. Poison Ivy is uh, <laughs> <laughs> a hobby. But yeah, filming's more of a hobby. You know, the hunting, that's our more of a lifestyle, I would say, yeah. than even a passion. Absolutely. It's a little cliche, but it is it's what we do all year round. Yeah. It's what we look forward to all year round when we're not doing it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Now, what about fishing? Do you do any fishing? Yeah, that's what's surprising to people. I don't really fish at all. Mm. I mean, I just never got into the fishing. I mean, you know, which my girlfriend and everyone's real happy that I don't fish. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just, uh, I don't know what it is. I mean, I grew up, my mom had uh, five ponds there behind our house where, where we lived. And, uh, you know, I just kind of wore myself out, I think, when I was younger, fishing all the time, you know, yeah. bass oh, yeah. fishing, whatnot. But um, it's just something that I don't even think I've ever trout fished, honestly. I really? Mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just something that, uh, you know, I never got into was the, the fishing. My daughter does a little bit of fishing, so I'll go with her. Yeah. But it's not something that, you know, I'm out there fishing all the time or, you know, whatnot. It's yeah. not hey, really my right, cup man. of tea. You're, Social you're fishing. You're up with hunting. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that matters, man. That's kind of how I tra- – funny, though, I transitioned. I was more of a bass fisherman, walleye fisherman, you know, crappy bluegill kind of thing, hardcore. And then any more I've gotten – and I never liked trout fishing. I always hated it. I hate – fishing streams everything but now over the last probably three years i've really gotten more into trout fishing and had that more as of a challenge that i've taken on that i've really enjoyed trout fishing more than probably anything which is weird but i, I don't know why i don't know if it's a challenge but this year it was like even though everyone's like hey let's go walleye fishing i love walleye fishing it was like nah, i don't know I'm not, I'm not really feeling it like just uh, i don't want to do it I don't want to go out and drive 45 minutes and spend four hours casting and reeling, catch a couple fish, and 
was like, yeah, I'll just wait till hunting season. <laughs> yeah, I can take that. It's kind of how I felt. Yeah, yeah. just wait till hunting season. Well, where do you see MMP going? You know, what are you, what are your goals with MMP? Are you trying to really grow and expand, or are you just trying to keep it as a hobby, or what do you? I mean, I'm just you know, social media th- these days. I mean, it's you know, it can really go anywhere, but you know, I'm just kind of letting it grow on its own. And actually, that's what we're deciding right now because the MMP is actually my daughter's initials. I mean, I I looked and looked for a name, and every time I would Google a name when I first started this, somebody had already had it. So I just decided, you know, it was just me in the beginning. So I just used my daughter's initials, and she was real pumped, you know, because like like I said, she's in hunting and and whatnot. But uh, now that I get a few guys that are are a part of it mm-hmm. and we're getting bigger and stuff there may be a name change here in That's the future okay. i might just change you know it's not going to be new accounts or anything i'm just going to change the name logo on um you know the pages we haven't decided on a newer name but just kind of to professionalize it a little bit you know kind of absolutely yeah i mean I, I i don't have uh you know any major plans to i, I just kind of i put it out there for people to see it, you know, every enjoy it, whatever, oh, yeah. see what we're getting, seeing how, you know, everything went down, kind of help people out with what we're doing, how we're doing it. I would love to quit my day job and hunt all the time. I you mean, who wouldn't, it, man. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I definitely, there's so many people that do that stuff now Yeah, yeah. that, you know, maybe 10 years ago, it might've went somewhere big, but um, if it keeps going and like I said, with the name change coming up here, um, eventually, and we get some good films and stuff down. I may apply for like the carbon TV or something. Absolutely. Just, and, and I don't expect to get rich off it because whether I'm getting paid or not, I'm going to hunt. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and, and it all started as a hobby and it just kind of took off. I mean, so I, it's just, I'm not looking for it to be life changing or anything, really. I just keep hunting and if it gets big, it gets big. And if it stays the same, it stays the same. Yeah. So. Oh man, you know what though? That's a great attitude to have, and that's kind of the same attitude we have with this. You know, we're gonna do it either way. You yeah. know, we're gonna talk about hunting. If it if it goes anywhere, it goes anywhere. If not, you know, we get to talk to some cool people like you and and hang out and drink a beer and mm-hmm. talk about deer hunting. That's what we like to do. So that's cool, man. That's what drives my girlfriend uh, nuts because anywhere we go. If there's somebody that hunts, oh yeah, <laughs> I, we're there for like four hours because I talk, whether I met them before or not. I oh, mean, yeah. it's just it drives her nuts. But yeah, it's whether I'm getting paid to do it or I'm working as a supervisor still. I mean, I'm still gonna hunt. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. I tell you what, man. A couple months here, we do a annual event called the Killing Grill. It's where all of us, all of our buddies, all the people that hunt and kind of outdoorsmen, and even people that don't hunt, we all gather together. Everybody brings something that. They harvested during the year as a meal, and we just have a big ass party. But I'll tell you what, if you want to, if you're interested in joining, you know, we usually do it around March, probably. Yeah, probably uh, March. March or April. Yep. You'd be more than welcome to come by and just, like I said, we have a big ass fire, tons and tons of food, phenomenal food, and it's just literally people talking about hunting the whole yeah, time. Count me in. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty. You'll, awesome. have to, you'll have to fight my girlfriend for some deer meat or something because <laughs> I mean, as much as she complains about hunting, I mean, you know, I get everything ground and make roast and whatever. Oh, and she yeah. devours the jerky more than I do and whatnot. You know, the hot <laughs> stick. 
Yeah, she hoards that deer meat from everybody. People will still up over and want some deer meat or something, you know. She's pretty stingy with it, but all hunting season, she's, you know. Yep. Oh, you're hunting again? What do you mean you're hunting again? <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know, so. Oh, yeah. That's a good thing, though, because it is one of the things that one of these days we had to talk about how annoying it is. People everywhere you go, people are like, yeah, how'd you do this year? And, yeah, man, I did good. You know, I killed, uh, you know, so-and-so number of deer. Oh, man, I'd love to get some deer meat. I'd love to have some backstrap. Well, no shit. I bet you would. I'd love to have some backstrap, too. But I also wouldn't love to put... Well, I do love to put those hours in the woods. I can't say that. But it's like, you know, how many people come up to you and like, hey, man, I'd like some deer meat. It's like, ah, cool. Well, yeah, tough shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good she has that attitude and doesn't just give away all your hard work and effort. Yeah, she doesn't enjoy all that hard work, though. You <laughs> yeah. Know. It's, yeah. you know, but that, she's definitely... I mean, she's getting used to it. And, and I mean, my mom, even, she grew up with, you know, me, my brother, and her boyfriend hunting nonstop. Oh, yeah. And she still complains to me all the time about it. But she's the same way. That deer meat, you know, uh-huh. making hamburgers, saving all that money on the ground meat. Oh, yeah, dude. And whatnot. She's she's not sharing. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's cool, though, man. That's real cool. Yeah, that killing grill gets crazy, man. I mean, I everybody it. brings all kinds of stuff. I mean. There's turkey, there's turtle, there's venison, there's, <laughs> I mean, I bring goose a lot of the time, and, I've you seen know. bear there, um, mahi-mahi, uh, what do we have, I think someone one time brought either, like, raccoon or porcupine or something <laughs> weird, something <laughs> weird did like bring that. something weird, yeah. It was, but it was good as it hell. It was good, it was good. I've never had anything bad there, a lot of pheasant and rabbit and squirrel and oh, deer yeah. meat, I and mean, tons and tons of deer meat, but, yeah. like you said, it's, it's just a bunch of good old boys getting together, having a party eating beautiful meat that we basically harvest throughout the year it's a good time man yeah. good conversation good people everyone's always welcome you know if you're listening to this you get a hold of me before you just show up though okay not everyone <laughs> <laughs> but no you'd be more than happy i'd be more than happy to have you there that'd be cool yeah like i said we usually do it i think early april every year because i remember it's usually around the end of tax season for me we have it you and your taxes what i know <laughs> i know no, it's good, man. But uh, pain in the butt. Well, we're getting closer to the end of the time here, man. Uh, you want to go ahead and plug MP Outdoors? Just let everyone know where uh, where, where they, they can, can find, find you. you. Yeah, I mean, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Subscribe on there. Uh, definitely, if you're following along now, like I said, uh, we might be having the name change. You know, if you get on there and see the stuff, make sure to subscribe or follow because once the name change goes, if you search MP Outdoors, you well, yeah, it be might able not to find be anything, <laughs> but uh, you'll still have all the same content and whatnot, and uh, it's definitely you know worth looking at. I, I guess you know we're like everybody else, you know, out there working full time and just hunting and just living that lifestyle. Yeah, really, I mean, daily really grind. sharing what you love, man. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean it's it's real that. life. It ain't on TV where you see them. You know, <laughs> we're out there putting the time in the woods. You know, making all the mistakes and uh, you know learning and it's it you know it's just reality. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, I think you guys ought to start posting post more videos, even the mistakes or the the non kills, you know, because I know we follow personally the hunting public and they do a lot of films, mm-hmm. and I bet you maybe a tenth of their films is the actual kill. Yeah. But I really enjoy just seeing their day to day experiences, like you said, the stuff you see in the woods is not like anything else you see anywhere else. You know, a cool experience might not be just killing a deer; it could be seeing a fox or you know something just neat. So. Mm-hmm. 
And just a suggestion. I, I really like what you guys are doing mm-hmm. and what you're putting out is phenomenal. But yeah, don't be afraid to put some, some other content out there. You guys even just goofing around or, you know, it's real. It's what yeah. people are going to see you guys as and what they know you as. That's what I like. You know, rather than just the kill, because I think you guys are more than just the kill. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that'd be cool. Plus, I like to I like to sit and watch a lot of videos. So. Yeah, I do too, especially if it's PA, man. That, yeah, yeah that's Pennsylvania awesome. boys just trying to get it done. People can relate to that, and they re- can relate to the struggles and the the constant hardships because, man, it is tough. And, it, and like you said, you went out to Missouri and you were like flabbergasted by how different yeah. it was—just totally different world. Yeah, it's a big difference. I mean, I, I there's never a season that goes by here in PA that somebody doesn't steal my stuff, doesn't. <laughs> I don't yeah. catch people in my tree stands that aren't even supposed to be on the property yep. or, you know, I don't put all the time in in the summer on a good farm and have a good buck patterned. And then next thing you know, there's Joey and everybody else hung their tree stands the week before and they're crossbow hunting and, you know, <laughs> never see the buck again. And yeah, it's oh, just, man. it's, <laughs> you know, I was actually shocked this year. This was one of the first years that I haven't had something stolen. Really? Blew my mind, man. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely blew my mind. But, you know. I mean, even if you look stuff, like I've locked trail cameras, they mm-hmm. just smash them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, why do you, you know, I don't. I, I put don't mine in it. a bear box. Yeah. Screw it to a tree. Yeah. Put three inch screws into it and screw it to a tree with a bolt lock. They can still come in with bolt cutters and cut it open, but they ain't smashing it, man. It's yeah. protecting from bears. But I had multiple pictures of people coming right up to it, looking right at it. And I'm like, yeah, you ain't getting it. Southern, keep walking. Southern Ohio is even the same way. And, and, you know, not the stereotypical anybody really, but most of my stuff gets stolen if it's left out in gun season because you've got all the people that are just out. And, I mean, that's yeah. the same way as Southern Ohio. You know, we were leasing over there, and we had a lot of cameras on the field edges and whatnot. And all archery season, they were fine. And that shotgun season came in, and we were here because I, I was hunting with my daughter. Their opening day opens the same time. and. Um, they had a few family friends and whatnot that were hunting, but I think there was 11, 11 of our trail cameras stolen Holy during shotgun sh- season. And we went over there, my buddy Micah did, and, you know, realized that a lot of them were stolen. So, I mean, it, it, it in this eastern area, I think it's just a trend. And then you get mm-hmm. out west, because even when we were in Missouri, we were at this one farm, and these people came down and were trespassing and fishing, and I called Bill let them know and the game commission were there in 20 minutes and you know they got fines and everything oh yeah i mean pennsylvania ohio is pretty strict too but you still got the same mentality as pennsylvania and pa i mean it's it's really it's a joke it's it's a joke i mean it's a joke (laughs) and if you do get fined i think it's like 75 bucks and you know because all my buddies are like hey let's lease property here in pa and i'm like i won't even waste my money no Mm -hmm. not a shot no, I mean, it's shot. just no matter what you do, you're gonna have you're gonna there. have the problems here in PA. Yeah, and 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 even Ohio, maybe not Western Ohio and stuff, but like I said, where we were hunting Southern Ohio on the eastern side of here, same thing. Gun mm-hmm. season started, everything's gone. Oh, you know, man. it's just I don't you know. And, you know, I walk by people's stuff all the time in the woods, and I just mm-hmm. leave it go. You know, it's not mine. I don't get on other people's tree stands. You know, it's, it's amazing. I, I never get surprised in Pennsylvania anymore. People sitting in my tree stands thinking they're on somebody's property that don't even exist in the whole area. And yep. yeah, it's just, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I walked up on a guy hunting our ladder stand this year. And I just looked at him and went, what the hell are you doing here? 
And he's like, oh, I thought this was so-and-so's stand. I'm like, no, no, those those are our stands. And he didn't even leave. I was just, you know, I, I had enough of them. I just eventually, we kind of got in an argument. And I walked away. But, like, he was in that stand. And he, I walked up because I thought it was someone that was we were hunting with. I'm like, oh, I'll go say hi real quick. I'm walking past anyways. As I'm getting close, I'm like, I don't know this person. <laughs> and I'm getting real close. I'm like, oh, okay, this guy's got a crossbow and he's up in my tree stand. What, what's going on here? So I'm talking to him and he's like, first thing comes out of the mouth. Yeah. Hey, man, my, me and my buddy are in the other stand over across the field. I'm like, oh, okay. So you're in my stand here and he's in our stand on the other side of the field, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you're both in both of our tree stands. That, that's cool. And no reason, no wonder we weren't seeing any deer in that edge, you know, and, and stuff like that just drives you wild. But you don't own the property, you know, the landowner gave him permission to hunt. Still, stay the hell out of my tree stand. It's not your yeah. tree stand. I don't climb other people's tree stands just for the safety of it. Yeah. I'm, if I didn't put the tree stand up, I am not putting myself up in the air 15 to 20 feet in someone else's not knowing what they were doing. Yeah, I've and seen some tree stands around here and I wouldn't get on them. They're sketchy. Yeah, people get them. There ain't so. no way in hell you're going to get me up in their tree stand. Well, they're sketchy, man. Nope. <laughs> But that's that's what we deal with, and it's a surprise we even get it done at all. To be honest with you, yeah, sometimes especially you on wonder. good bucks and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's amazing how many good bucks are starting to show up in our area and and just in the surrounding counties. It's crazy. Yeah, it blows my mind, man. Especially with rifle season, man. Rifle season's like a, a madhouse. I saw some serious hammers laid down in rifle season, and I know really big deer that I was hunting archery season got killed last week in our in rifle. Has it been confirmed yet? Yeah, it was confirmed. I saw a picture of it. Uh, send me that picture if you can. I didn't. I saw it on the phone, but I'll see if I can get it. It was it was as big as I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you got to see it and I didn't. Yeah, I, I watched him for a solid five minutes through my binos. I had him at like 90 yards. There was just nothing I could do. and it was, it, it was what it was. And I didn't see him again that season, but it was definitely as big as I thought it was. He was a hammer. Damn it. Yeah. And that happens. He's super that's heavy. Said, that's what I we... wish they'd just cancel gun season for like a couple of years. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. Or give us like great. an archery only zone or something right where we hunt. Yeah. <laughs> archery only zone would be cool. Yeah. Other states do it. Yeah. You know, an archery only would be really, really neat to have. I mean, I couldn't even imagine a deer that would grow. Yeah. Holy hell. Even having Sunday hunting, man, I think I'd get on so many more deer if we had just that extra day. Yeah. And people be argue huge. about it like, oh, I, I walk my dog on that day. Okay. Don't walk your day your dog for eight days out of the year, okay? That's it. Give well, the us thing eight that days. drives me nuts, and I mean not picking on anybody, but us hunters pay for a license for the game lands and the trails and whatnot, mm-hmm. and the hikers and everybody that's complaining about it doesn't pay the dime yeah. pay shit. towards everything. So I mean, we don't want to get on that subject here, you know. But I mean, I mean, I definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm for Sunday hunting, even if it's waterfowl and, and, and whatnot. Even, you know, PA has so many hunters, but I definitely seen a decline in at least the areas that I hunt of people not going out or not, not a lot of guys archery hunting anymore, which I'm not complaining. Yeah. Right. You know, I'm not either, <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's just everybody has lives now and work and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of guys aren't paying for license, you know, to hunt. The first day of rifle, maybe one Saturday and whatnot. Right, so. right, yep. But I think beyond that too is there's not a lot of out of state hunters coming in because they know they can't hunt on Sunday. Sunday. So if they want to come in and hunt an extended weekend, they can only hunt. You know, maybe they get in Friday night, they can hunt Saturday, and then they got to go back home. Yeah, nobody wants to pay the price for an out of state hunting trip. So there's revenue that's not coming into the state 
from out of state that, and our out of state tag is super cheap compared to a lot of other states. I mean, for what you get for it, and that's all revenue missed, I think, just because of the simple fact that they don't want you to hunt on Sundays. Yeah, I agree. I mean, a lot of the weekend trips when we go turkey hunting and stuff, that's why we go. Kentucky, right. we can get there Friday, we can hunt Saturday, Sunday, and drive home. See? That's Perfect. huge. That's yeah. huge. So I love it. When we go out of state, we either, you know, you can hunt Ohio and Illinois, the two out-of-state hunts we've done on Sundays. Oh, man. It's so nice. Yeah. It's like it's wild after you lived in Pennsylvania your whole life and you're yeah. sitting in a tree stand on Sundays. Because the last year we had that lease in Ohio and I'd go over there on Sundays. I'd feel like I was like breaking the law or something yeah. sitting <laughs> in a tree stand. You know, yeah. you get to check your fantasy football lineup from a tree stand. There's nothing better than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Oh man, well thanks for coming out, man. I really appreciate it. Hopefully we didn't take up too much of your time, but uh, before yeah. I let you go, we didn't do one thing, man. What? I want to hear your number one tip for a new hunter. Oh, yeah. Uh, kind of threw you on the spot there. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> with a new hunter, especially not having the experience uh, from family members or whatnot, it's it's just trial and error, really. Yeah. you got to put the time in the woods, and you're going to mess up, and, and you know, you're going to have success. I mean, I've always just, I would say my number one tip would be get out there, put put the miles on the boots. Um, you know, I, I do some of my best scouting here January, February, figuring out where bedding mm-hmm. areas are. The snow's down, all the foliage is off. You know, so if you're a new hunter getting into it, that's that's an awesome time to get out there, figure out where the deer are bedding. I mean, if you bump deer, so what? I mean, they got nine months to, you know, recover, whatnot. You know, that's the best tip. I mean, you got to put the mile, miles on the boots. Get in there, figure out what the deer are doing, adapt to the environment what the deer are doing because even you know every property that i hunt is different yeah and yeah i would just you know put the put the mile on the boots and like i said january february is definitely i do a lot of my uh, best scouting probably in that time mm-hmm. you get to find some sheds i'm not real good at that i don't know how some of my buddies they find them like gold but <laughs> we don't do I, very, I don't do very well either i mean yeah. i go through bedding areas and everywhere and i find little two point you know <laughs> it's just crazy I put a lot of time in the woods, and I definitely think that, you know, even if you're a new hunter, it'll definitely train you to be more efficient and more successful, knowing what the deer are doing, the environment that you're in. You know, that's just, you know, you know you're going to make mistakes. I've been hunting since I've been 12 years old, and I've been around family members that kill really good bucks every year and have taught me a lot, and, uh, you know, I still make mistakes. Oh, I still yeah. screw up. I mean, it's going to happen. That's how you learn, happen. man. That's how you learn. It's going to happen, so... No, that's solid that's, advice, man. That's, that's super solid advice. I, I I really agree with that. And that's kind of been a little bit of a trend with some people. Mm-hmm. Even Anthony last week, he is a new hunter, and he was saying, like, get out there and put some yeah. miles on the boots and yeah. really I think just learning and, and, like you said, learning the deer's behavior just by being out there. You're not going to learn it by doing anything else but just getting out there. Yep. You know, and making the mistakes and learning from mistakes and hopefully not making those mistakes again. And if you do make them again, learning from that and why – you know, always break down your successes, always break down your failures and just ask yourself why, you know, but it's only going to happen if you're out there. Yep. Yeah. You know, especially archery season, you just got to be out there enjoying nature and enjoying the wildlife and learning. There's, you can always learn something. Yeah, I learn know? something new every year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's farms I hunt, like I said, since I've, even before I could hunt being with my uncle and whatnot, right. and I still learn new stuff every year about places that I'm at, never mm-hmm. going to stop learning. Things change. Uh, Stuff changes. Their behaviors change. Their patterns change. You just got to be out there to see what's going on and adapt to it. Time in the woods is valuable. Yeah. 
Seat There's time in the stand. Yeah. If you got cheap stands, like I do, most of them, but they real sore on the behind there, but <laughs> definitely worth it. It pays off. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I bought from Missouri, that Hawk kickback stand to be comfortable. Oh, my. <laughs> You're spoiled I, now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I usually buy the, you know, $30 on sale lock on the stuff because people take them whatnot i right. do the same thing i still. bought that kickback and i was out there i mean it was <laughs> it was a big surprise you're putting a lot of time in the woods like you do comfort does come and play yeah it pays man. off heck yeah there's nothing better than being comfortable that's why i missed my climber this year i didn't use it one time that is the most comfortable stand i possibly can hunt out of I don't like being that comfortable. I fall asleep. Oh, I've taken plenty of good naps in there. Yeah, that's, that's probably proud. a problem. I'm missing beer, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, that's good stuff. I appreciate you coming on, man. That's really yeah. cool. Thank well, you. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Guys, check out MNP. That's M-N-P Outdoors. Check them out. Good find stuff them on going YouTube, on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all the good places. It's all it's always fun. So you can you, find us the same places. You can find us the same places. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. You can also send us an email at the Whitetail Distraction Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. That's <laughs> it. Hunting season hear from you. Uh, right now is over, but it's coming back. Yeah, late season. Late season, muzzle loader, extended archery. We're excited for that. It's gonna be good. Distraction's real. It is real.